Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Uh, From news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems that everyone has an idea of how we should think, how we should live, and how we should make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through the noise? And when information overload leaves us frustrated, how do we sift through it all and then choose what governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing and praying about these things, and we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Well, hello, everyone, and today we have a special guest. What's so up, everybody? So it is not Jeff Bogue, um, and so today we have Josiah Bogue. He's a resident here at Grace. It's good to have you, man. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, super cool. So you lead our college ministry, yes. right? So why don't you take just a minute or two and kind of explain, yeah. like, what is it that you do here uh, at Grace? Yeah, well, I get to do a lot of of really fun things. (laughs) So, but the biggest one being, uh, I lead a collective, uh, which is for young adults, um, 18 to mid twenties ish. Um, And so every Thursday night, we have our collective gathering where we'll get everybody together, um, have a service program and all that. And I get to lead our leaders and our small groups and just young adults. If you're a young adult and I haven't met you, I need to meet you. I would (laughs) love to. And then I get to lead worship on the weekends too, which is how a, a lot of people know me, but that that uh, young adult thing is really my job. Yeah, so. it's so good. And I know that that's one of your passions, mm-hmm. uh, partly because you find yourself there. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, which is which is really good. I think we should be passionate about the people in our lives. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's really, really good. And actually, that's why we have you as our special guest today, uh, is to kind of talk a little bit about one of the buzz topics, the questions, and certainly opinions that swirl around in our culture right now is that there are these massive differences between generations. Yes. <laughs> and uh, depending upon the, like if you Google, like what are the generational age differences or year, birth year ranges and stuff, you're going to see variances. And uh, depending upon which one you look at, like Josiah, you're either um, uh, an, an old or young millennial yes. or a young centennial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, or Gen Z. Yeah. Yes, what old, you want to call old Gen it. Z, right smack in the middle. Yeah, and so which is really fun because it's like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, I th- this makes me feel a little bit old. I'm on the other end of that spectrum. I've seen some where um, not many because I yeah. don't see myself this at all. But I'm either a very, very, very young Gen Xer, and I'm like, no, there's no way that's possible. Yeah. Um, or I'm an old millennial. Yeah, and uh, and. But you get confused and you kind of feel left out, and it, but it, it doesn't really matter. But you do see these differences, yes, in generations. And I've yes. had people ask me at the church, like, well, I, honestly, I've had some people just get straight to it, like, what's wrong with this next generation, <laughs> yeah. you know? And they always have that accent, um, and um, or the reverse, like, I can't seem to get young people to blah blah blah. Yes. And then the reverse happens, right, too. Like if you find yourself in a younger generation, you're like, what's wrong with these people that are older than me? Yes. And they feel like they can't respond. So anyway, I want to ask you this question, Josiah. How do you see like healthy navigation of people responding to kind of this like current young generation? Yes, yes. Well, that's a very broad question. It is. <laughs> so we'll talk about we'll talk about a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um. I so it's it's really interesting talking about different generations because I I feel like I um, I I get to keep my foot in both camps. You mm-hmm. know. So I everyone I work with um is older than me for the most part. I'm <laughs> I'm very young on staff, which is fun. Um. And and both sides make sense to me. So the o- older generations, 
Um, like a lot of what would be millennial and Gen Z would be raised by Gen X yep. and be connected to those guys. Um, and so the, a lot of the differences break down in like objectivity and th- how to perceive truth yeah. and like very uh, versus on the other side when you're talking about empathy and like understanding other people mm-hmm. and giving people benefit of the doubt. So I, I feel like I get a, to sit in a nice seat of understanding both camps and, and even mediating um, between um, – what becomes really hard, I, I think, is when one generation or one group of people, and this is just a broad statement about everything, but anytime a generation or a group of people says, my culture and the way I think and the way I raised was raised is objectively the correct way to think and act and behave. <laughs> and any person that does not act, think the, the way I think is objectively wrong. Um, and I see both generations doing that yeah, to each other. Absolutely. And that, that is very, uh, it's very hard um, to say you're uh, younger and you're trying to be very empathetic towards people that are making bad decisions. Yeah. And a lot of times, the younger you are, you don't often know the difference between having empathy and compassion and just straight up accepting and embracing. Um, but you're trying to do your best and you're trying to be loving. To have somebody that's older than you just saying you're, you're being dumb you're being foolish you're you should not be doing that it's very disheartening and makes you want to crawl in a little corner and never talk to that person (laughs) ever again um and and so yeah that that seems to be a lot of where the breakdown um happens where people aren't taking the time to understand where people are coming from yeah um people aren't giving the other generation the benefit of the doubt from from what i understand about generations every generation thinks they're better than the one below them or they above them. Yeah. Everyone thinks they've, we have figured it out. We're the ones, you know, because of course the way you think is the best way to think in your mind. Always. It's the way you think. That's why you chose to think that you, way. You wouldn't think that way if you didn't land on the fact that you thought that was the best way to think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so of course that's what's happening. Um, but there, there's definitely, especially when you talk about hot topics. So especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about things that, like sexuality mm-hmm. or you're talking about things like, um, morality and the church yeah or you're talking about things like um convictions and like landing on like objective ways to live blacks and whites non-negotiables that seems where a lot of uh a lot of the breakdown happens anyways yeah i think one of the things that really gets sticky and you kind of alluded to this was when generations try to take a word and say like well this word is ours yes and so like um and i i've seen the type of uh languages and phrases and books that you talked about where i think you even said like there's objectivity in an older generation and then there's like empathy in in the younger generation and like even right there like the younger generation might, are you saying I can't be objective? Are you saying I don't right. understand how things work? Right. And then the older generation it might say, are you saying I have no empathy, that I don't care about people? Right. And so even just by trying to own like these characteristics of humanity, right. we find ourselves at odds. Right. Yeah. So Josiah, in, in your experience, because yeah, you have some really unique seats where you get to really spend a lot of time with people that are older than you, but you are with people that are younger right. than you all the time. Um how how would you recommend that maybe um, someone that's maybe an older millennial or yeah. a Gen Xer or certainly someone that's a, a boomer or beyond? How how do what's a great way to start approaching those younger generations yeah, from your, what you're seeing? I, I think the first thing you always have to do um, is get try and get your head wrapped around how they came to the conclusions that they came to. Hmm. That doesn't mean you have to agree with their conclusions. Yeah, that's good. Um, but try and get uh, 
try and get your head what brought them to this place. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I, we're all people. Yeah. We all are. Uh, God has given us all very similar hearts and very similar starts of like when we're you know growing up and learning things. And so I, what I found is um, a lot of times what, what comes across as being flaky or being liberal or mm-hmm. being um, you know what, whatever it is uh, being too tolerant or whatever. It is often a young person's attempt to be loving, mm. and there's their attempt to be caring, yeah. and so they're actually a lot of times it's it can be their attempt to be like Jesus. Yeah, they'll look at the way that Jesus is in the Bible, and of course, um, culture has trained your mind in a certain way. So you're going to pick out parts of Jesus that you like, and you're going to um, subconsciously diminish the parts of Jesus that you don't like. Yep. So of course, there, there's training and there's things that need to happen, um, but if you can get Get your head around, and I would say this to young people talking to old people too. If, if old people, <laughs> watch it. <laughs> people that they're not that old. <laughs> but uh, anyone talking to anyone, if you just turned off the podcast and I could somehow speak to you, turn it back on. Yeah, turn, yeah, turn, yeah. Come back. I'm sorry, you're not old. You're most likely. You're no. beautiful. You're in your prime. <laughs> That's why I always say you're in your prime. You're looking good. Um, even though I can't see you. But if you can get your head wrapped around where they're coming from and how you drew those conclusions, I think you'll find a lot more common ground than you think. Mm. Um, what I found, at least in our church, as you know, our church is, is always trying to figure out how to reach young people and connect with young people. Uh, what I found is that especially the truths of Jesus mm-hmm. and the truths in the Bible can be unifying to us all. Meaning we might interpret these in different ways and some of those interpretations are are wrong. They're inc- I'm not, you know, saying something that's false is true. Um, but the motivation behind it and the common goal is oftentimes the same. Sure. And so our ways that we love people and our ways that we understand people. I'd also say, here's another thing, like um, especially when it comes to sexuality, especially when it comes to uh, maybe some of, I, I don't want to, gen- oh, we're overgeneralizing, so I'm going to keep overgeneralizing, sure. but especially maybe some of the generational differences between how we understand the race conversation a lot uh-huh. of times. Uh, some of the topics that have been a really uh, hot topic lately, um, I think when it, when it comes to understanding where young people are coming from, um, you have to understand where they're working and who they know and who they understand. So like, um, for, hypothetically, this is not real, but like, my conversation with my grandpa about um, my homosexual friend is going to automatically going to have a lot of miscommunication because he might have all of his opinions on what it means to be gay and what these gay people are doing and how they came to that. But I'm going to have a whole different set of experiences because they're actually my friends. Mm. They're actually in my life and I actually understand them. Um, and so I might, I'm not saying I'm interpreting them perfectly, um, but that you're already going to come at it. Uh, the race conversation is another one where it's like, uh, you know, maybe I was in a school where I saw these things happen, or maybe one of my close friends um, has had all these experiences. And if you come at it with a from an angle of trying to understand how did you come to that conclusion, you're actually going to find that you learn a lot, yeah. and that and that these stories and these situations are not as uh, black and white as we want them to be. That you can't just like Bible verse your way out of, you know, problems. Um, but in the midst of relationship and in the midst of understanding, you realize th- these are complicated issues. And sometimes, sometimes a younger person is going to have empathy because they're in the thick of it. Sure. Yeah. And I think that um, 
there there could be someone listening right now that you you use the phrase and I actually love this phrase you said like you're going you're going to learn a lot in these in these relationships there could be someone listening that's like well I don't know that I want to learn right. their perspective <laughs> you don't want to you want to you want to catch it you yeah, don't want to catch this <laughs> flu bro well and they, and they, they I don't think that that person necessarily means I don't care about this person I think what they might be thinking is but I already know that like the sky is blue. Right. I already know that this is true. I didn't mean the rhyme. Um, so like you giving me your perspective that the sky is purple. I'm like, I don't. Right. I want to say this cautiously because I'm quoting a fictitious person. Right. Like <laughs> I don't care if you think the sky is purple because it's not. Because it's not. And so they're like, why would I want to quote unquote learn from you? And I don't. I don't think that that is the point. Right. It's certainly not the point of what you're saying, and I don't think that that's the point of what people are asking for. Right. Um, understanding is not necessarily stepping into, um, I'm going to allow myself to acquiesce to your point of view. Right. Understanding is simply understanding that that's the point of view that you have. Right. And that can start conversations. Right. And uh, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying like those conversations are what become powerful. Right. That, that one of the one of the ways I've in 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 collective in the young adult ministry that I, I've had to train myself to be effective in talking um, to that age group is until I can argue from your point of view too, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying I believe your point of right. view, but until I have my head wrapped around it enough where I could just switch sides on a whim, not in my heart, mm-hmm. but just you know cerebrally for a second, um, I don't have my head wrapped around. And, and I think uh, from the perspective of uh, a younger person, especially uh, Gen Z, um, I, we experience a lot of older people telling us what to believe without ever explaining why to believe it. Yeah. And if you are a smart person, and if you're an uh, intellectual person at all, and it, honestly, if you're trying to be an honest person, what to believe is not enough. And so th- there's a lot of people on social media and on uh, you know Facebook and Instagram and things that and and us us too the younger people too like everybody's doing this mm-hmm. but we'll just say you have to believe this and if you don't believe this you're such and such a person well that's not helpful to anybody <laughs> because uh, sometimes if if you know it's not a good example but if you don't believe the sky is blue you don't need somebody yelling at you that the sky is blue you need somebody explaining to you how to understand and how to come to conclusions uh, that you've come to and I I think what I don't know I. I think what a lot of people get caught up on is the feeling that um, millennial and Gen, and Gen Z are not grounded in anything. Like they, they don't have any convictions and they don't have any foundation and they don't have any truth. And so a conversation with a person like that is, is just nonsensical and it just shoots in a bunch of different directions. But that's not true. Um, <laughs> every person has their convictions. Yeah. Every person has their things that if you cross them on something they're passionate about, they'll snap back. Um, and the idea of like, you know, I hear people talking about relative truth all the time. I don't think uh, relative truth is the right way to think about it. Right. G- generally, a younger person's perspective is, we don't know what's true. So who are you to tell me mm-hmm. that th- what you believe is objectively correct? That's really where they're coming from. It, we're, we're, uh, we, we're not saying that there is no truth. 
we're saying we're not confident that you're right about that. Uh-huh. And we're not even confident that that person's right about that. That that's, well, I'm not confident that I'm right about that. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to fight off and press against is, is people, because historically this is, has been a problem sure. when, when people rise up and say, this is what's true. And then you find out, you know, through historical, famous historical events that they were very wrong about that. Yep. Um, so don't, you don't have to believe, um, don't come a, to a person like they don't have any conviction. Yeah. Um, people care deeply about love. People care deeply about caring about their neighbor. Um, and people are deeply selfish. Mm-hmm. And people have, you know, it's all, it's all in there. But there are conversations to be had. Um, and we can definitely learn um, from people that know how to think objectively, especially objectively through the Word of God. Absolutely. I, I think that, like, we've actually brought this passage up a couple times in this podcast, but maybe uh, maybe just sometimes it's the theme passage of the podcast. But it's perfect. Um, it, it, there's a lot of this type of understanding in Romans 14 where um, we're not necessarily interacting with people kind of on either side of the generational mm-hmm. spectrum that are trying to destroy society, trying to tear apart humanity, trying to dismantle everything that exists, trying to ruin your life, trying to all these different right. things. What happens is, is whether you're, you know, we, we can go through the decades if we want, whether you're 80, 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, <laughs> or 20 years old, like you have spent that amount of time in your life landing where you've landed. Right. And so when you feel strongly about something, it's not arbitrary. You're like, this is what I learned from my parents who I love, or this is what I learned from the teacher who meant the world to me, or this is what I've spent years studying and researching and where I've landed on this topic. And that includes people that are, quote unquote, 20 years old. Right. And so like, when all of those things happen and then you come together and we just try to dismiss, like, well, everything that you've passionately learned from people that you love and care about, right. or right, everything right. that you've ever read and studied, is vo- your mind. What we're kind of saying is your mind is incapable of processing your human experience. Right. And so, if if that's the accidental approach you bring to the table, it's no wonder that there's some tension. Right. It's Absolutely. no wonder there's conflict, and then unfortunately, there's no wonder there's this generational divide where it's like, well, everyone that is this age, whether older or younger than me, right. must think in this unintelligent way <laughs> well, and, and people dig their heels in like that, that's what they sure do that's what people <laughs> i don't know the, these arguments aren't helpful from from both sides I, i'm not i'm not saying the younger generation is perfect by any yeah. i think we do it equally in the opposite direction uh-huh. um but like for example it, <laughs> what happens is like say one person believes that capitalism is the greatest thing that's ever happened and another person thinks that there's a lot of problems with capitalism sure you start argu- as an example you start arguing all of a sudden the person that likes capitalism all of a sudden says capitalism is flawless there are no problems uh-huh. and there are no people that have any suffering and it's it's perfect it's god and then the other person is saying capitalism is completely corrupt Everything about it is completely evil. Mm-hmm. And you just, what happened was you started here, and because you argued, you just went to extreme positions yeah. and dug your heels in. Yeah. And, and what was supposed to be a conversation about understanding each other and getting to some kind of collusion, conclusion just became a, a wedge. And yeah. now you have convictions that are way too extreme anyways. They're yeah. just non-realistic convictions anyways yeah we've um through the various topics that we've covered in this in this podcast that's been in some ways that's also been a theme that like if you're elevating any one point of view to the point where that's going to burn the bridge of a relationship that 
your view, to use your example, on capitalism is what's going to like sever a relationship with your grandfather or sever a relationship with your son or sever a relationship with right. a sister. Like, seriously? Like, we're going to let any of these viewpoints right. destroy relationships? Um, I, I definitely don't think Jesus calls us to that. No, <laughs> um, you know when he when he says to love others as Christ as He has loved us and that the Father has as well. Um, I, I I've noticed that like oftentimes our pursuit of a value can lead to something that just isn't objectively correct. Yeah, like and that <laughs> very I think, often <laughs> like and I think that that's a very hard intersection for people to reconcile. And so like I was even just thinking like you know there are a lot of good meals out there that are just like delicious. You know like they're just so good. Maybe it's your favorite pizza, your favorite burger place, a favorite steak, whatever it might be. Eh. But like they're not healthy for you. Right. And so you're you're pursuing a value of like I want to enjoy a good meal and you're allowing the objective truth that this is unhealthy to be ignored. Right. And um, I, I, I feel like sometimes when we pursue these, like, my generation is correct, or I've done enough research or learned these things that my – what we're saying is I don't care what you value. Right. Or vice versa, I don't care what's true. Right. Because I value this. Right. Um, so this has been really good, Josiah. Now, let, let's flip it around for a second. If I, I know some of our listeners would find themselves in either kind of similar shoes you are age-wise. They're, yeah. They're either uh, young uh, Gen Z or they're old millennial – young millennials. Young sorry. millennial, old Gen Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yep. It doesn't matter. You know it's, what I meant. We're going to change those names in like they're two in, years anyway. It's so, so true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, let me just put it this way. They're in their young 20s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, and uh, they're eating up this kind of content from all over the place. Yes. What kind of, you know, Jesus-centered advice might you give your your, your fellow age yes. group here? Well, everybody has to know, and everybody has to come to terms with the fact that we are all filtering all truth through a grid. Yep. We are all filtering all truth through a grid. There, there is... There is no such thing as a truly, completely open-minded person. And honestly, a completely open-minded person would be an idiot because they, <laughs> they would just be floating around all over the place, you know, believing whatever people tell idiot's them. Idiot's a technical term. We call that, what we call them? We call them naive. Like, that's a, yeah, that's the person you write uh, stupid on the locker room and they look up for it. Anyways, uh, so th- there's no such thing as that. Um, but So we all have to have a grid. Uh, the question we have to ask, and this is what we're always asking in collective, is what is your grid? Mm-hmm. It, is your grid um, what culture says? Is your grid, this is a big one, what makes you feel good? Mm-hmm. So one, one of the big things about the younger generation is we use feelings as a kind of a metal detector for truth. If it feels right, it must be true. If it feels right, it must be true. Um, and there's some good things that have come out of that because generally we can be a little more empathetic, a little more loving, a little uh, pay more attention to people in need. Um, but there's bad things that happen out of that for sure because your feelings, you know, are not always your best friend. Actually, they're very often not. Um, so for anyone that's listening, I, I, I challenge you to look at the Word of God and ask yourself, is this legitimately my filter? Is, it, is what Jesus says my ultimate filter for what's true and what's not and for how I'm going to live my life? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is a lot of people, um, especially young people, well, old, everybody, They'll take the word of God, they'll believe the Bible to an extent, but they have one filter that's higher than it. Mm. So the Bible is a good filter. They use it quite a bit, 
but there's parts of the Bible that they filter out with their other filter. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, so you have the f- filter of this makes me feel good. You have the filter of, well, my friends don't really think that. You have, but those things can be so subconscious and we don't acknowledge it. And what I tell people at Collective all the time, and, and I think it's helpful, is you know what your filter is when you disagree with God, what you do. Mm. You know what your highest authority is when God asks you to do something that you don't want to do. Whatever decision you make, that's what your filter is. Now you know what's up. So if you don't like the, the Bible's teaching on sexuality, well, whatever you do with that, now you know what your authority is. Yeah. You don't like the Bible's teaching on you know what, whatever, loving your neighbor that disagrees with you, whatever you do with that, now you know. Um, so that's that's ultimately what we're all trying to come to. And and at the end of the day, we're we're all messed up. We're all broken people. There's yep. there's grace for all of us. Um, but are you continuing to to pursue surrendering to Jesus right. in in your life, in your mind, and what you say, of course, and how you interact with others? I think what a what a nail on the head question. Are you willing to continue to surrender to Jesus? Continue so important because we got to do that all the time. <laughs> Uh, but that surrender, because those other filters, they creep in. That's really good, Josiah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to shift gears here for a moment. Um, well, actually, before I do that, like, there's lots of resources out there on this topic. There's some great authors that have dove into generational differences, how to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And so for all of us, whether it's an aunt, an uncle, a parent, a child, a grandkid, doesn't matter kind of where we fit, <laughs> like these conversations, this type of reading, building this type of understanding for each other is only going to help to yeah. build those relationships. And of course, I guess I gave all familial ones, but this also works with coworkers, classmates, teachers, professors, students across the whole board yes. uh, of people that you're going to be working with on a regular basis. Find someone, find someone you don't like just talk <laughs> just talk to them i mean it, i don't know uh, i found that. when i talk to people i don't d- agree with naturally or don't like naturally i find that you know i learn a lot from them absolutely i'm not that as smart as i think i am <laughs> <laughs> i'm often proven that i'm not as smart as yeah. I think I am. uh very very good well i'd like to ask a bonus question here josiah bonus so, question time um we had someone um submit this question uh through uh our our question form here for mixed messages and i thought since you help lead worship here at church that maybe you could dive into this with us so they what they asked was um there are sources of worship songs okay for instance uh the the bethel church yeah uh jesus culture type things where maybe the song is great or it seems great yes but what i will just straight up say right here is but if you look into Bethel's teaching as a church, please stop looking into their teaching as a church. They're not leading people toward Jesus of the Bible. Like, I, I will say it that definitively. So how do we – should we play music by that, <laughs> by that band? You know, like, because, yeah, what, what, what should we do with that? But, oh, that's a very that's a very good question. It, it's funny. I come across this question all the time. Do like, you really? People, yes, because in the uh, – so I we cater to – a lot of college age people. And that is the time when you're just like poking at like what's true, what's wrong, what's evil. Yeah. When you're learning something new, you always jump to extreme positions. It's like, we must destroy all these churches out there. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I talked to Pastor Ezra about this a lot. Um, and we talked to Pastor Rich here too at the Bath campus. And it's, it's interesting. Um, the question itself is interesting. It is. Because, uh, for example, Bethel is a good example because they they put out a lot of songs um that we might not play they put out some songs that we straight up play all the time yeah uh yeah i mean reckless love is one of their songs we play that song all the time there's others um there's uh 
was that No Longer a Slave? That's yeah. a great song. We play that all the time. And what's funny is the songs that we play, we at Grace, we are very intentional with lyrics and trying to understand lyrics and the theology of the lyrics and um, mostly how uh, people will interpret what the lyrics say. Yeah. You know, because it, it, when you're, whenever you're talking about song, um, this is a whole thing for another time. But whenever you're talking about a song, you're talking about poetry. Yeah. So it becomes very subjective very fast. So when, when, when David in the Psalms in the Bible says, uh, God wraps me under the shadow of his wings. Well, is, is David trying to make a theological statement that God has wings? <laughs> no. <laughs> like he's acting poetically. When, uh, when the songwriter says God's love is reckless, mm-hmm. is he trying to say that God is like a drunk driver that's just going to hit you in the middle of the night? Obviously not. We're, we're, we're always trying to sort through um, how people will perceive those lyrics and if the way they perceive those lyrics is consistent with the Bible or not, which is a slightly subjective thing in of itself. Yeah. But poetry is poetry. God made art. You know, God is not all blacks and whites. God, you know, has made uh, artistic gray areas to express the truths of the black and white truths of who he is. Yeah. Um, but the question is interesting when you start talking about like, should we ban everything that comes from a non-perfect source or even a uh, even more non-perfect? So uh, like, uh, I don't know, just a source that would also put out things that are completely false altogether. Um, I remember we were, uh, do you remember the artist Gunger? Like uh, yeah. this was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. We used to play one of his songs all the time and uh, it's called Beautiful Things. Great song, all true. Um, but then he went on this, you know, he got, very trippy and the things he started saying and started denying a lot of theology of God. Um, and so what we try and do with our songs, at least with grace, what Ezra and I will always try and do is we try and really take, look at the song itself yep. and just look at the song itself and say, what does this song say? Number one, what does this song say? And number two, how will people interpret what this song says yep. is what uh, is after I sing it and it gets into your ears mm-hmm. is the mental process, a truth about God or a, a, a a falsehood about God. The other thing I, I push back on um, people all the time, they're, they're constantly, I have a buddy that I grew up with, I, I love him, but he, he is largely dedicated a lot of his ministry to debunking false teachings okay. and debunking uh, false churches and, and finding these false prophets. And I think that's a can be a very slippery slope. Sure. Um, there is a lot of false teachings out there uh, there are a lot of false, you know, churches out there, um, and th- the New Testament gets plenty of commands of like, look out for false teachers, uh-huh. protect yourself from false teachers, protect the people around you from false teachers. But our mission, as the people of God, is not to go out and find all the churches that are doing it wrong Correct. and shut them down. Our mission is to reach people that do not know Jesus Christ and to give them the hope of Jesus Christ. And so what I've said uh, to my buddies and I've said to others, I I think it is just as easy uh, to fall off the cliff debunking a heresy as it is to buying into the heresy itself. Anytime your mission is no longer giving the gospel to other people, you've gone off the cliff. It doesn't matter if you fall off to the right or to the left, you've just fallen off the cliff. Um, So that's what we try and do. Um, And honestly, quite honestly, if, if we were to... Uh, say that we only accept material, true material, from like people that are perfect and perfect <laughs> sources and sources that have no flaws and no errors altogether. 
um, we would have to kick out a lot of stuff. We could not uh, read any of the Psalms because David uh, committed adultery and he committed murder. Mm -hmm. Those are cancelable offenses in the modern era. Uh, We could not read anything by the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter, if you don't know this, was theologically incorrect about the gospel for a long period of time. time, He told people that the only way you could be saved was to embrace Jewish customs, which, as Paul says, is not the gospel at all. He completely... So if we were going to start doing that, we'd have to do that very consistently. Um, But a a classic uh, logical rule is just because um, somebody who says false things says something true does not mean the true thing that they said is false. So God loves you. If Bethel puts out a song that God loves you and that's completely true... All right, we can, you know, sure. add, you shouldn't feel guilty about singing that. It's it's a true reality. Yeah, we can affirm people who disagree with us or even have completely different vantage points than us all the time. Matter of fact, it's kind of, I like how you use like poetry and all that kind of stuff to illustrate it, but illustrations do this all the time. Constantly. Like if you say, you know, uh, God is like an egg, it's not like, well, now we should start worshiping eggs because right. God is like an egg. Or, right. uh, you know, if I wanted to pull out, like a lot of people have drawn truths of the scripture and seen parallels in things like the Lord of the Rings uh, yeah. or uh, certainly in things like the Chronicles of Narnia because that was in, that was kind of the intention of that. But then you can't reverse it and be like, no. Well, well, Jesus was an actual lion animal. Well, you can't even take the Bible itself. So it's like Jesus is a lion. So Jesus kills people? Mm-hmm. Or God is a father? Who's God's wife? Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't you can't function that way. No, not at all. And um it, 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 it's a it's a dangerous pathway for us. I like how you explain that to start going after and seeking out all of those things. What we have to do is uh, look for the things that are influencing us. Right. And what weight do they have with our relationship with God and the Scripture? And so, um, for instance, the reason that I found – I made that strong statement five minutes ago or whatever about Bethel is because I had to look into them. Right. Personally, because I was like, I do like a lot of their music. And right. I and I was stumbling across a few of their videos. And after I watched a few, there was one that came up. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That, that sounded weird to me. Yes. And so I had to do some personal research. And that's what we would encourage all of us to do. Right. Is like, if what you're going after doesn't align with the heart of God, it doesn't align with his word. Right. And we probably should avoid that. Right. So right. Um, that's that's really great. Just I, I appreciate you jumping into that. And I also appreciate you jumping into this chair. Uh, I know uh, we. this is only the second time we've had a guest uh, on this podcast. Hey, I'm honored. Yeah. I'm honored to be on this great <laughs> so podcast. It was super fun and uh, looking forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Maybe we'll talk about WandaVision. Hey, WandaVision uh, all the way, man. Oh, man, I need to catch up. I'm an episode behind. and We can't talk about it. That's I know. I, that's the hard part. Like. That's what that's one of my favorite things about these shows like Wandavision or Mandalorian is it's brought back the like the hallway conversations. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so fun. Well, I remember when uh, when Infinity War and Endgame came out? Yeah. I feel like we talked about like everyone just uh-huh. talk, everyone talked that weekend. Like everyone saw it. it was, yeah. That's fun. It's, it's back fun. with a vengeance. It's so cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Thanks for listening to this this idea of how we talk through generations, how we 
figure out can we use certain things for worship. It's good things to think about, but in all of it, we want to go after who Jesus calls us to be and uh, our relationship with him. If you have questions that you'd like to be submitted on mixed messages, you can always do so through bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get to some of those questions as soon as we can. And of course, at any point in time, we'd love to have you subscribe or follow. And you can always send us direct messages as well. We'd love to hear back from you and continue the dialogue back and forth. And of course, if you're able and you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you join us here at Grace, whether in person here in the Akron area or online. So thanks again for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.